0: Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 72. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy, and I'm your host for today. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to share with you exactly what I'm going to be doing to change up my business come Monday morning. Now today is Friday and happy Friday to you if you're listening to this on a Friday. If not, uh, you're going to have to just deal with whatever day it is and know that Friday is coming. So it will be around the corner before you know it. But because it's Friday and because Monday morning I have a jury session that I'm going to go and try to get some new food items juried for my business. I wanted to tell you about those today and see um, exactly, I'm going to kind of give you the process that led up to my uh, decision to add some food items and that sort of thing. And then we'll talk about exactly what I'm going to be doing. So, and you know, I risk, obviously risk putting this out there and knowing that, Someone could listen and someone could show up at jury on Monday morning and try to have the same exact things. I'm just uh, hoping that I will be approved for them and uh, get to them before anyone else does. But the one thing that I have realized as I, and I talked about it yesterday with my podcast, is that this business that I have with the cryopop and the ice cream that I'm making with liquid nitrogen is heavily dependent on liquid nitrogen. And there could be times in, realistically, the course of a year, that I cannot get my hands on liquid nitrogen for a period of days up to a week, simply because there's one place in the Keys that I can get liquid nitrogen, and if they run out, and the weird thing is, you know, with liquid nitrogen, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, um, it's it's a completely inert gas it's not you know dangerous in and of itself but you do have to dispense it and store it in the proper containers and those proper containers are called doers and the reason it's so important to have those containers is because those containers are designed specifically to vent uh, the the liquid nitrogen so that the gas, the pressure does not build up. Now, it could explode if pressure built up. If you had a a non-vented container, if I simply took liquid nitrogen and put it in an airtight container and closed the lid on it, before long it would probably explode. So you have to have a properly vented container. However, there is the danger that too much venting will cause your liquid nitrogen to completely vapor off and you will end up with nothing there. So if, for example, you said, well, I don't want the pressure to build up, so I'm just gonna take this cooler and I'm just going to put some liquid nitrogen in it. I'm going to leave the lid open so it does the the pressure doesn't build up. Uh, if you took it very far, depending on what quantity you put in there, before long you would have nothing in the cooler. And it has happened before that air gas and they've told me about this. They get these uh, I believe there's 280 liter tanks that they get in, which is what fills up my 10 liter tanks. And there have been times whenever a valve has been broken. And they actually get these tanks in, and they've completely vapored off in transit down the Keys to get to the Key West uh, air gas location. So they think they're getting, uh, you know, two 280-liter canisters in on a certain day, but it could turn out that they only have one viable, usable one that can actually dispense liquid nitrogen because the rest vapored off. So there's a lot of um, factors like this that can actually cause me to be out of liquid nitrogen. And if that's the case, I have, with my current products, I have no, I don't have a lot to offer. I don't have enough to offer otherwise that would draw people in that I could still continue doing my food vending down at Mallory Square. So here's what I'm doing. I, you know, and the other part is, the other thing that I am wanting to do is I, at this point, I've built my business or I have tried to build my business around CryoPOP well cryopop is something that I created don't get me wrong it's a great product it's cool it's something unique and unusual and I get a lot of people buying it just out of curiosity and just for the experience because they've never had it before they've never heard of it before and that's great that's all fine and good however I can't draw people in to something that they have no relation to, or they have no point of reference for. So because there is no brand recognition, it is a steep climb to build my business around that one product. Now, it doesn't mean that that cryo pop that I've created could not be a very compelling product in my offerings. I mean, it's the same thing whenever you find, um, you know, a, a restaurant or a store, a restaurant or something like that, that would, you know, they, they serve food, but then they also have this one product that they're kind of known for. There are several around here. We've got, there's a restaurant in Key West called Blue Heaven. Actually, I've never been there, which is kind of a cry and shame because I should have been there long ago, but it's an institution in Key West. And one of the things, besides having fantastic food, one of the things they are known for is their key lime pie. And key lime pie is a very common thing here in the Keys. But what they do to make their pie different than everyone else's is they have like this mile-high meringue on their key lime pie. So when you get a piece of Blue Heaven key lime pie, there is literally about a seven or more inch layer of meringue on top of those pies. And... It stands out and everyone instantly recognizes Blue Heaven's Key Lime Pie. Now, Blue Heaven doesn't just sell Key Lime Pie. It's a restaurant. But they're known for that within the restaurant. And that's the same thing I'm going to end up doing with Cryopop. I'm going to be a food vendor that happens to sell this crazy unique product, Cryopop. But because there's no brand recognition and because people don't instantly resonate with it, I cannot build a six-figure business around that at this point. Now, I could if I had thousands of dollars to spend on marketing. And by that, I mean I would have to do a lot of brand marketing so that people would understand what my business is. So it's never going to happen with a very small advertising budget or no advertising budget because at this point I'm not advertising. And so I've got to um, get, you know, I've got to get other products that can sustain the day-to-day uh, revenue of my business, and then have the cryo pop be a cool, unique add-on that I'm doing, and so uh, that's all fine and good. So here's here's what I'm doing. I am getting ready to jury on Monday morning. I've told you about it already. Ice cream that I make with liquid nitrogen. You'll have to excuse me. I do have a boat coming by that might give us a little bit of background noise. It's got a kayaker going out and a boat going by. It's a great fall morning in the Florida Keys. Uh, it's about 72 degrees, I think they said this morning. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful sunrise. The water's calm. The winds are still. And for those of you that are holed up with the Arctic blasts coming through uh, in the rest of the United States, I feel for you. <laughs> anyway, um, so one of the things I'm doing, I've told you I'm doing the liquid nitrogen ice cream on Monday morning. Now, that's still a product that utilizes liquid nitrogen, and again, I don't want to be completely dependent on liquid nitrogen in my complete line of products because if I can't get that, or if something happens, or, you know, I could even have a situation where my doers go bad, and suddenly the valve that releases pressure releases everything, and I walk out one morning... And I have no liquid nitrogen in my tanks and maybe I can't get it that day because it's the day the driver at the air gas place is out up and down the keys and no one's there to dispense the liquid nitrogen. So understand that having I'm trying to minimize my risk of not being able to provide services on any given night by diversifying my product offerings. So I'm adding liquid nitrogen ice cream. Part of the reason I'm adding it is because ice cream is universal. Key West is a subtropical climate, and even in the winter, uh, whenever it's still only 70 degrees, um, most people will still eat ice cream. People will stand there and, with jackets and eat ice cream. So, it's okay. I mean, I want to be able to, that's something that people will get people to my cart, and so that's one of those things. It's, it's an immediate draw. But I've also told you I'm trying to focus on things that I can do to maximize the equipment that I already have. And so... One of the pieces of equipment that I already have is a grill, a tabletop grill that I put on my cart, and I have been grilling kebabs. Um, part of the reason I'm grilling is because there's no oil allowed, so I can't just like fry things um, like a lot of festivals, fairs, and etc. Do. There's no more oil allowed, so I have this grill. It's a great way of cooking. It also, um, you know, it's propane, so I don't have to worry about you know electricity or anything like that. I can be completely uh, off the grid, so to speak, and just run it off my propane tanks. And I can cook anywhere, so that would that's great. And what I'm trying to do is find a product that I can cook down at Mallory Square that will be a universally accepted product. Now, what is down there already as far as real food? The only thing really, there is a... Um, hot dog guy that comes down he should not be allowed to come down because he doesn't make his own which the rest of us have to make our own but it's one of those baggage left over from bad decisions previously years ago he's been allowed to be down there for 20 something years and uh if they stop him from coming he will probably sue them or something and so they're scared of that so he is able to go purchase his hot dogs at the store put them on a grill and grill them or whatever, however he cooks them, and then sell them down there. So, I can't do that. And so, I have to make everything that I'm doing. I asked, I inquired about, because I thought, well, if he's doing hot dogs, what about hamburgers? And the response I got was that I would really have to jazz them up to get them by the jury, because they need to see that I'm making my product. Now, it's not enough for me to hand pat the patties, I guess. I don't know. But you know, when you start trying to jazz something up, and I don't even know how you could you know what what they're talking about jazzing them up. I, I don't even know. I mean maybe a wasabi hamburger, I don't know. But jazzing them up sometimes causes problems with the customers. And, and when I say that is if I only offered hamburger like if I if If I said I want to do hamburgers, but I'm going to do a wasabi hamburger where I mix in wasabi powder with my meat and this, I know that sounds terrible, but I'm just thinking off the top of my head, then if somebody saw that I was serving hamburgers, they probably want just the basic normal hamburger. Like the classic item of a hamburger, when you distort it to jazz it up to get it by the jury, no longer becomes appealing to the masses. And what I'm trying to do is appeal to the masses. The other thing about that is... With hamburgers, you also have to have an array of condiments, which is not a huge problem, but, you know, it does take up space. I need some counter space. I need it to be self-serve. If I don't do self-serve, then I've got to deal with packets and where are people going to throw them away and where are they going to set their stuff down while they put the mustard and ketchup and all this other stuff on it. Then you end up with, uh, you've got to add cheese, you've got to add onions, you've got to add lettuce, you've got to, you know, have all this stuff accessible for the hamburgers. Not to mention... Not to mention, if you put hamburgers on a grill, the best hamburgers um, the, for the taste are eighty twenty lean to fat content, and that twenty percent fat creates a lot of drippings and a lot of runoff. Because I'm mobile, I personally don't want to end up with a bunch of grease everywhere. I don't want my cart to get completely filled up with grease, um, and so I just kind of don't want to deal with that. So it's almost like The web is so big that I would be trying to jump through all these hoops and it's just, I mean, I feel like it's just like untangling a huge problem to try to do hamburgers. And then the things that I would do to try to get it by the jury and make it legal to sell down there according to their rules would make it completely unappealing to the masses. And then what's the point, right? So what I've decided to do, there's going to be three products I'm going to jury and I'm I'm getting ready to test some of these today. Um, is I'm going to create a pizza on my grill. I have found um, some great resources that show me exactly how to do that. I would make the dough, I would make the pizza sauce, and after that, it's a matter of topping it. Um, With very basic, I mean, I wouldn't even have to offer a ton of different toppings. You know how sometimes you go in a pizza place and they have like 18 different toppings you can choose from? Mine would be very basic and only the most popular ones Uh, would be you know listed on my product offerings but here's the thing there's there's several things about pizza Um, number one I can make the dough and the cost of making uh, if you've ever I don't know if you have ever studied uh, what the profit margins are on pizza businesses but it is really really ridiculous and when I say ridiculous you might go to a pizza place and you get a pizza that it's 10 bucks or something for a pizza and that pizza actually cost the the business like a dollar 50 or something like that to make the pizza so there's a, a high profit margin on pizza which is one reason why it's popular but it's also great to eat and people love to eat pizza and pizza is so universal it's actually it's it, it's a good way um, for people to get an entire meal. You know what I mean? They You don't have to have pizza and a side dish. At least we never do. I mean I, sometimes people want to eat a salad before they eat pizza. But it's not like a hamburger where you want french fries or something to go with it or you want potato chips or you know something else. The pizza can be all of it in one. It's also a good sharing food. It's also, because of the way it's cut, it's easy, it's easily mobile. You know what I mean? You can pick it up and eat it with one hand hold the container in the other hand, and you know, you've know you got your pizza able to be walk around. And, and walking around food is really important in the venue that I'm doing. But the other part is it's also fairly clean to make and not a lot of drippings, not a lot of runoff of from uh, fats cooking out of the, um, the meat or anything like that. The other part is that I love is that the dough, the recipe that I'm using, the dough will be able to be made ahead of time and frozen. So that I could, you know, if I wanted to take my mornings one day and make up a bunch of dough, or even if I wanted to come home at night, one night after work, mix up a couple of big batches of dough, let them rise overnight, and then throw them in the freezer, I could easily do that, and the dough would be perfectly fine for later on. So it's not highly perishable. Um, at the same time, I can also make my, my sauce for a very... Um, Marginal, a very fractional cost of what a uh, prepared pizza sauce would be, and so I've got all the recipes for that. And then after that, it's just adding the toppings that I think would be most popular, and then topping it with the mozzarella cheese. So it can easily be done. I've got to figure out once I get, I've got to get my process down pat because there's a fine line between too much heat and too little heat and all this kind of stuff. But I've got all the instructions. I've got all the details. I'm going to try it tonight uh, and see what happens. And when I say try it, I'm testing the recipes. I'm not selling it yet or anything like that. But I think I could easily do it. So I'm utilizing the grill. It's a high margin item. It is a popular item, um, especially down when you're talking about a venue like that with a fair type atmosphere. And people can get pizza. I mean, they generally know. What, what to expect. You know, it's not like a complete surprise what pizza is going to be. So they'll try it and they'll eat it and, and that sort of thing. At the same time, it's not highly perishable. It's not messy to deal with. And um, I think it's going to be a great product for me. The other thing that I'm going to jury, so I've got ice cream that I'm going to jury with the liquid nitrogen. I've got the pizza. So here's the thing. If I ever ran out of liquid nitrogen, but I was making pizza on my food cart, And when I say making it, I mean, I would actually make it right there. Um, One of the other things that I've realized, and I'm just taking a rabbit trail here, with my cryo pop, if I am not actively, and even with the liquid nitrogen ice cream, if I'm not actively making an order for somebody, people will walk by my cart all day long and really not have a good sense of what I'm doing. So... I have a lot of dead time, and I hate this dead time because it 's where i 'm standing there watching the shows, just like the other spectators. Some people are walking by, and if they make eye contact with me, I speak to them, or you know might maybe sometime there's a cute dog that goes by, and i 'll mention that the dogs get maybe there's a t shirt or tennis shoes or whatever that are worth commenting on, and so i 'll you know make conversations with people, but that dead time is time whenever I am losing at capturing people's attention because I'm not doing it I'm not doing anything that's gonna cause them and to draw them into my food cart now when I start making an order when somebody orders pop and I make it all of a sudden there's a crowd around when I start making ice cream people gather around what is that what is she making what is she doing and it's automatically a gathering point but here's the other thing with the pizza dough if I take the raw pizza dough Balls that I will have made down there, and I'm actively patting them out, uh, pressing them out, stretching them. And what I would do is, when I got down there in that dead prep time and in between all the time that I'm placing orders, I would be making actively making the crust. Because essentially, what you do is you put it on the grill and you cook it for about two minutes on one side, and then you flip it over and Top it and that sort of thing. So I would be doing the first part of that finishing of the dough right there in front of people. So at number one, it gives them something to look at. What I'm doing make maybe make them stop, maybe make them say, hmm, "Let's try some. That looks good." You know, so it draws them in, and that's what I want. So so that's being actively involved in doing something. Uh, in front of people is another key part of attracting the attention. If you've never been to the Mallory Square Pier, it's like ADD uh, with shiny objects everywhere and people vying for your attention and people yelling and screaming the shows over here and people blowing whistles and people doing all kind of things. And so when I can just be doing something and drawing people's attention in, I'm much more likely to capture uh, more dollars than i am if people are just walking by and they're looking at me not knowing what i'm doing there and i'm looking at them thinking why aren't you buying what i'm selling and you know it just it's it's a different type of atmosphere whenever i'm doing that so that will happen whenever i can make pizza um at the same time it is highly customizable and because it is right there fresh in front of people if people want to completely vegan I could do that if people wanted cheese only I could do that if people wanted meat only I could do that so it's one of those things where it's highly customizable and it I think by the time I'm all said and done I could probably get the cook time and the, the start to finish time from the time an order is placed until the time it goes into the customer's hands down to under five minutes now, that seems like a long time, but what you also have to realize is people are milling around sunset for a reason. Why? They're waiting on the sunset. Now, the other day, I learned, I, I experienced this firsthand at the Super Boat races. It was a time whenever it was, it was I think it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon or 2.30 in the afternoon, there was a race. And I was hungry. I had not eaten since like 7 o'clock that morning. I had nothing on my cart to eat because I was selling or nothing that I wanted to make myself to eat, because any food items, I would have had to use liquid nitrogen, and I don't use that for myself. I It's precious, so I have to save it for my customers, and the only other things I had were drinks on my food cart. So, there's a stand up around Mallory Square that sells fish and chips, and like conch fritters, and things like that. So, We went to the fish and chips stand, and it was actually a good time because a race was going on. A race had just started, so everyone was watching the race, and nobody was at the food cart. So we started talking to the guy, and the guy said, you guys came at the perfect time. He said it wasn't too long ago that we had a 30-minute wait. Now, his food cart is not right on the pier. It's not right where you can see sunset. It's around in between buildings, and there's nothing really there to watch and to do while you're waiting it's right in front of the aquarium and all this uh, other commercial type you know uh, environment so if people are willing to wait 30 minutes to get fish and chips from a food cart i think they will be willing to wait five minutes to get fresh hot pizza if they're starving while the sun is setting or if they're hungry and they want it while the sun is setting so that's another way of of Uh, putting it into perspective that I don't think five minutes is too long to wait so I think I can do that and it's just going to be me experimenting with uh, getting my recipes down pat and trying to uh, be able to refine my processes in the most efficient and organized way possible so that I can turn out a great wood not wood fire uh, fired grilled pizza Um, for people as they do that so that's the second product I'm going to jury on Monday and the third product is something very simple but it's even not so simple it's very universal coffee no one down there is selling coffee in fact the cart the food cart that I have that I bought and that I've since rebuilt was the guy that used to sell coffee down there and so no one's been selling coffee for a year and a half and I am I'm trying to figure out how I can do it and I think the best option is going to be French press coffee um, because it can be made to order um, as people order it and essentially it smells delicious it smells uh, fresh it's a delicious kind of coffee um, and I think I can keep I could if I needed to heat up water I can keep that going on the grill because I'll, I'll have the fire source there so anyway I'm gonna do that so here's here's what I'm thinking If I have a food cart where I am selling two things that are very fragrant, pizza, if I'm cooking pizza on the grill, people smell it, and if I'm making coffee, people smell it. That, when you walk by a Starbucks and you smell that coffee, you immediately, oh, that smells so good, and you you start to trigger something within you. So those are two things that are going to be uh, definitely, drawing people in with their flavors I mean with their smells with the aroma and at the same time if I had a cart that was completely on all four sides had signage that said pizza ice cream coffee and that's all it said I believe I would draw in enough people to make a incredibly productive business there are—I mean—you have to realize there are thousands of people that come to Sunset every single night. Pizza, ice cream, and coffee are things that they all resonate with. There's nothing about that that's mysterious. There's nothing about that. Now I still have the cryo pop that I can sell, but if I sell four or five, ten of those a night—I mean—that's still not enough to sustain a business just on that. So I, and at the same time, whenever people are there waiting, they can ask and I can explain cryopop to them if they're waiting for their coffee or they're waiting for their pizza. You know, maybe it'll get, maybe I'll get so busy that I need somebody on the cart helping me to do orders or to to make pizza or to make coffee or whatever it is. But the bottom line is I have a ton of excess capacity right now. And by capacity, for me, it's dead time. It's time whenever my grill is off. Nothing's being grilled on it because I have grilled ahead of time a couple or, or kind of pre-grilled a few kebabs. And whenever people order them, I do the finish grilling. And but I mean, if I'm selling less than ten of those a night, it doesn't take that long for them to cook. So you have to understand that I am trying to utilize capacity. I'm also trying to um, you know keep myself busy. I want to be busy. I want to be selling things. I want to be I want to have the line that that extends 15 people deep waiting for my food. And so that's one of the things that um, I'm hoping to accomplish with this. So if I get these things juried in, which I can. No one is selling coffee at the pier right now. They, they told me they have had an inquiry about it. Um, but generally what's happened is, well, in the past month or so, uh, the Board of the Cultural Preservation Society has voted to close the food category because we've had so many food vendors come along and the problem is if people jury in a food product and get uh, approved it there is a time that's the first step in it and there's a time period of waiting to see if they ever show up because then they have to go get their licensing. They have to get their food cart. They have to get this. They have to meet the requirements. And, and it really like, you know, from my story, it took me 60 days to get down there, but there's a lot of food that gets juried in that never makes it down there because either people give up in the process. People, uh, realize it's too many hoops to jump through. It's too big of an investment. They can't meet the requirements, whatever the situation is, and they never see it. But if they're approving, you know, uh, 30 food carts a year, or 30 food items or 30 food vendors down there every single year, there is a maximum of 10 at any given time. And so right now they have enough juried in that if everyone showed up, there wouldn't be room for everyone to sell. And granted, some of them um, are still, I mean, I, I haven't gotten my products down pat, but I'm not going away. There are other people that are sitting down there that are not, Altering their products, and they're not doing anything unique with their products, and so they are going to probably end up finding it's not a realistic uh, venture for them. Got another boat going by, so I have to bear with me just a second. Going out to check their lobster traps today, so Um, but anyway, so those are things that they're realistically dealing with, and if somebody's just inquired about coffee essentially the first person that shows up, that juries it, that gets approved for it can be the one that has that product. And once you have that product, you're good. You don't have to worry about anybody else else stealing that product. Um, And at the same time, once a product has been uh, not showed up at the pier for a year, then that product can be put back into circulation. And so there are some of those that will, in March or April, will come back to... uh, being open again so anyway so if i get pizza ice cream and coffee i will be i think have the base basis for a uh, the foundation of a very profitable business and at this point that's what i'm looking for i want to be unique i want to be different at the same time i want to provide a good product i don't want to put something out that i'm uh (laughs) not proud of and even i had a lady talking to me the other night about doing the pizza and i'm like i just don't know how i would do that She's like, I oh, make it ahead of time. And I'm like, who wants reheated pizza? I mean, that's crazy. You can buy, you can buy frozen pizza all day long at the grocery store for you know a dollar in a lot of the cheaper models of it. And so, I just didn't want to put out something that I couldn't make fresh. But I figured out a way. Um, thank God for the internet that I can do it on the grill, and I'm going to start testing that today. So I will let you know. Um, Monday's podcast will be happening about the same time I am jurying, so I will have it pre-recorded ahead of time, but I just want to let you know that's what I'm looking at, that's what I'm hoping for, and with those three foundational, universal, universally loved products, at the same time it can help me cover summer and winter hot food, for whatever reason, sells well during the winter. Part of it's the time. Part of it's the weather. And cold food sells very well during the summer. So I, I think I can have all my bases covered. And I'm hoping this is my final incarnation. I feel like a, a flighty person being all over the board with my food products. But you know, it just takes figuring it out. And so many people start a business. And where it ends up two years later is very a very different place than it started. But the key is you start and you take action, and then you keep iterating, and you keep changing, and you keep adapting, and you keep adjusting, and you keep tweaking until you get it doing what you want it to do, and so um, that's, that's exactly what I'm doing, so thank you for listening to my journey. I will keep you posted on exactly uh, what is approved, and what I'm doing, and how it's going, and hopefully... Uh, we can start seeing some success very, very quickly as we head into the end of the year and get ready uh, to deal with the holidays and all that other uh, busyness of the time of year. Maybe it's also a good time for people to start taking vacations and I can start really seeing a bump uh, going on because I'm not making what I need to survive yet. And so hopefully we can turn the corner on that very, very soon. So thank you for joining me on my journey. Thank you for being interested in what I'm doing. And I hope that you're inspired and motivated to take charge of your own life and to take action today that will get you the life you want. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.